0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorced Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues,
1: counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, it's Nancy Conrad, back to pick up the story of missing baby William and his mom, Maddie Jones. Now, in last episode, we met Destiny Mack, who created an unstoppable social media web sleuthing group that had gone to work to ferret out any ideas, anything that could find baby William and his missing mother, Maddie Jones. But Billy Tarasio, the attorney for Jake Okenauer, wasn't having any of it. She already suspected... There was something really fishy going on with the Jones family. She said in our first episode that she didn't believe them. And she especially didn't believe them when the Joneses reported that Maddie had gone missing to police.
0: Right. So I don't know that they had really figured out what the story should be. They did not call the police to report Madeline kidnapped, they were very careful. They reported that she was missing. She's an adult. So adults are allowed to leave. And they reported her missing to the police officially.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then on social media, they began very loudly stating, you know, the abusive husband has done something. We said he was abusive. Now look what's happened. And of course, if all you hear is, you know, when a mom and a baby are gone, After a divorce from a father, they said were abusive. That's a very,
1: um, that's a very believable story. We've all heard that story. That's kind of the textbook situation. And you have talked about that with people that are planning, women that are planning to leave a marriage. This is the most difficult time.
0: Right. I mean, we know that domestic violence is real and that's what makes these false allegations so dangerous because nobody wants to get that wrong. And so it's, we often err on the side of protecting the victim and we probably should, but you have to fight against false accusations and you have to fight hard. When they called the police, we absolutely knew what was going on and we filed an emergency change. We filed a motion to change custody on an emergency ex parte basis. And the judge, who knew the story as well as we did, who knew what was going on the same way we did, gave Jacob emergency sole custody and issued a warrant to have baby William return. That's a pretty decisive move, isn't it? It is. It's Not a decisive a move. Yeah. And we made sure that the judge who knew this, who knew this family, who knew the facts, um, got the petition for the emergency change in custody. And and you're right. It's extremely unusual that you would have a judge issue emergency custody change just based on a few missed visits. But that wasn't what was going on here. And the judge knew it and we knew it. But the public didn't know it and the police didn't know it. And in the meantime, the police are investigating claims that, that the Galkners have done something to Maddie and William. And in fact, they go to Montana and they knock on doors of family members and they look through barns because they think that the Galkners are a suspect in Maddie and William being missing. So we immediately went to the police and were fully filed our own competing police report for custodial interference because you can't just call the police. You have to file a police report. And so um, Maddie's parents filed a missing persons report. We filed uh, to charge Maddie with custodial interference and provided the background from family court. But they didn't believe us right away. They didn't want to work with us right away. They didn't give us a lot of information. They were doing their due diligence to investigate all, all sources. We we really wanted them to issue an Amber alert. We desperately wanted them to issue an Amber Alert and to let people know that there was a missing baby. But the police wouldn't do that. They didn't think or have reason to believe that William was in immediate danger from his mother, who was simply a missing person.
1: So at this point, Jake's family, namely his mom Andrea and her sister Rachel, they decided to take action. They came down from Montana to Mesa, Arizona to do what families do when someone's missing. They started by passing out posters at a women's shelter featuring prominent pictures of Maddie and Baby William. By this time, the two had been missing a long time. The police were silent on what was going on and the Joneses, well, they had kept up a steady pace of blaming Jake and the Gokunar family for their daughter's alleged kidnapping. But on this day, the two sisters saw something that stopped them in their tracks. While Andrea Gogenauer drove, her sister Rachel turned on her phone to video what they were seeing.
3: Oh my we just caught them taking down the missing sister poster. Oh my
1: gosh.
3: Where'd they go? Look for I'm, them. They're behind me. Still? They're, they're not moved at the light yet. Oh my gosh. Do you have the video? I'm still videoing. They just turned.
1: No, they didn't. Didn't they? They're still parked right in
3: the
2: same spot. Oh, same oh I'm part.
3: looking forward.
1: They're moving now.
3: Shoot,
0: shoot, shoot. shoot Should we down shoot, that shoot. way? Yes,
4: yeah,
3: right there. Ah. Come on. Come on. I knew we were going to find them taking down those posters. I just knew it. Oh my it. gosh, we got to get that up online. We have to. I hope we got the whole thing of them taking it down. Oh my gosh. At least they were
1: able to. So let's meet Rachel Guernsey, to, Jake's to really aunt, who picks up the work story work from here.
3: So that you know, anyone who had information would be able to come forward. And after that, we were coming down and we were passing out flyers and doing rallies and doing candlelight vigils and and. As much as we could to get information out there. Every time we would get any little tidbit of information or had a thought out oh, what about here? Have you checked over here? You know, we would pass it along to the police. As much information as we had coming, we would pass it along. It very rarely came back to us any information. And so for a really long time, we didn't know are the police believing them? Are the police thinking that yeah, that dad did it? You know, especially when they started searching our homes. And like <laughs> like, where is this investigation going? We know what we didn't do it. Like, I'm in Montana. My mom's in Montana. They claim my mom, my, you know, Jake's grandmother helped in the kidnapping. Um. So all these, like, kind of crazy things. We don't know where the crazy stops being believable. Because for us, it was never believable. Oh, yeah, especially when we had received, you know, we had gotten copies of the police reports from the domestic violence cases in their home. And having read those and seeing, like, the fact that they were, you know, throwing things and pushing things and crushing phones. And, you know, it was, it was, from my standpoint, very unhealthy and very unsafe.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention that our web sleuths had dug out through public records, police reports from past years showing when the cops were called to the Jones family home, as there were accounts of domestic violence reported by Roland Alex Jones involving his wife, Cassie.
3: Um, And so to know that, under regular circumstances, if you want to call it regular, I don't know if their life has any regular, but under normal everyday circumstances, that that's the extent that their family goes through. I did not know how far that that so-called crazy was going to go, you know, so we didn't know. Well, our, our belief was that she was probably hidden somewhere with him, but we didn't know that, you know, we had absolutely that fear. Like, what if, do I think that she would intentionally harm them? I don't know. But do I believe that with her given history that she could rage out of control potentially and and do something harmful? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that that was the case. Was it to the point that it could have killed one or both of them? I had no idea. I had no idea. It was a fear that I had. I didn't allow myself to dwell on it too much, but it was definitely one of those things that that crept up and was always in the back of your mind. And then we don't know, are they gonna try and come after us? Right, because we're making a stand.
1: Well, that's kind of scary, right? I mean, they needed to do something, but even after the video was captured of Cassie and her younger daughter taking down the missing posters, nothing happened. We were getting deep into a hot, hot Arizona summer and there was no news on the case at all so i went back to billy to find out what she could do and what was your next step at that point how could you get this case to move forward um what tools did you have in your toolbox
0: yeah so that's a great question um typically we wouldn't have i mean typically a family law attorney wouldn't be involved at this point but it was the only tool that we had and so You know, the Gaukners wanted their own investigation. They weren't waiting for the police who weren't doing anything as far as they knew, as far as they could tell. Um, And the police, of course, weren't updating us every, every moment to tell us what was going on, although that eventually did happen. The police did eventually understand that we were allies, that we had information, that we could help, that we were all on the same team, but that took a while. So I used the custody case to help do our own investigation. And normally in a family court, you cannot, um, you can't really investigate third parties. But in this particular case, we knew that Maddie wasn't funding this herself. And so we asked the same family court judge for permission to depose Roland and Cassie and the grandmother, who was also living in the home. And we asked for permission to subpoena bank records and phone records of the family that Maddie was living in. And the family court judge said absolutely, yes, you can.
1: Now, this is a really interesting pivotal point because otherwise you there was nothing you had available to you to investigate this. And the police weren't making anything public. And we didn't know, you didn't know, if the the Joneses had been looked at or what they were taking in uh, as, as evidence or, or whatever. And not only that, you didn't necessarily have to keep this information under wraps. At some point, the depositions were uh, shared within a group of people. So, so it
0: wasn't. So what's interesting is a lawyer must keep the attorney their their client's secrets and confidences. Any information received from a client is confidential. But in this case the client didn't want this confidential. The client wanted the information shared. And so it's it, I can use my capabilities to investigate, to get information and to give it to the client. And then the client can do whatever they want with that information. So I was able to depose. Um, and then the clients of course have access to that deposition and can share it as they see fit.
1: So it was really the Gauconers that took that information and put it out in a social media group and said, hey, guys, this is what the Joneses are saying about that. That was a very interesting move, and I'm sure it irritated the Joneses to no, uh, to no end. Was there any legal move that they made as a result of that?
0: In the criminal case, many, many, many months later, they got a gag order that prevented me from speaking about the case and probably prevented the nurse from doing the same. But up until that point, there was nothing they could do. They were very, very, very angry, but there was nothing they could do.
1: And it's not surprising. Listen in on Cassie Jones being asked about her efforts her family made to find the allegedly kidnapped daughter, Maddie, and baby grandson.
0: Posted on Facebook that you were raising money in order to hire a private investigator to help find Madeline. Um Do you recall
5: that? I was not raising money, no. But there have been multiple friends that that are raising money, that's correct.
0: All right, and you posted on Facebook that, um, please help. You said, there is no update on Maddie and William. Our hearts are just aching. We cannot eat or sleep. We've hired an amazing private investigator. He already has several leads. Please help. Every penny of our money goes to the numerous attorneys we've had to hire. If you do not want to donate through UCares, people have been dropping off cash and checks at our home. If only 150 of our friends donated $20, we'd be halfway to reaching our goal. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. Who's the private investigator? Um, back then we don't
5: remember his name. There, we've talked to over a dozen private investigators and the one that we had tried to hire at that time. what's the date on that? June 21. Um, yeah, so that one is is the one that we tried to hire and we've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried to track him down. And we don't the police took all of his, our, his information from our home. Did you pay a private investigator? Um, we paid a private investigator in cash as a retainer. Um, to start a case, that is correct. Okay. All right. How much did you pay them? Uh, no idea. Roughly? I I don't even remember. Ten thousand dollars? No, it was it was only a few hundred dollars because he was just trying to to look at things and see if he would take the case and he was going to try to track down it, some information. That was it. Okay. How did you find this person? I have. It was all word of mouth. All right. Okay, Um, where did you meet this person? Um, He came to our home. Okay. What did he tell you about himself? He was a former FBI agent. Um, He'd been doing this, he'd been retired for 12 years. Okay.
0: What did he look like?
5: We saw four or five different private investigators. This is the only one you hired, is that correct? No. You hired several. We've tried to hire several. How many have you given money to? Um, and I don't even remember if we gave him money or not at this point. I mean, this is, I remember offering him money and I don't remember. I'm not really clear if he took it or not. So. Okay. Well, you said previously that you gave him a few hundred dollars. Yes, but I'm not thinking about it. I don't remember him actually taking it. It might've still been on the table.
0: Okay. So I don't remember for sure. So let me just be very, very, very clear. Did you hire a private investigator?
5: We signed a contract with him. Who? I don't remember who it was. He didn't give us a copy of it. You signed a contract. When? I have no idea. We've tried to track it down. We've tried to retrace our steps. We all of our notes and everything from that day. um, And we've talked to several private investigators in our home. Okay.
0: Um, Was it prior to June 21st? I have no idea. Well, you posted this on June 21st and said every penny of our money goes to numerous attorneys we've had to hire. That's correct. We have, we have hired an amazing private investigator. He already has several leads. Please help. That is what you posted on
5: June 21st. Then I guess it was before that. I don't know the exact dates.
1: Cassie wasn't being very helpful, was she? When the deposition appeared on Facebook and Destiny Max Group and on YouTube, hundreds of people weighed in with opinions on the interview. And then Billy also tried to get details from Cassie's husband, Roland Alex Jones, about the night Maddie and the baby disappeared. All right, what did you do that evening?
2: Um, after I woke up and was a little bit rested, um, I went to a uh, Goodwill And kind of wandered around for a few minutes.
0: Okay. Did you go by yourself?
2: Um, that I don't believe, so I think I went with Becca and Kelsey that night.
1: Okay. Okay, Becca is one of their daughters, and Kelsey is the daughter of a very close friend of
0: theirs.
2: I've gone over
1: the state quite a few times.
2: I have, but that doesn't mean that I can be any more sure about something that I wasn't meaning to remember.
0: So what time did you leave to go to Goodwill?
2: Um again, it would be total guesswork, so I'm not sure.
0: Was the sun down?
2: I don't think it was completely dark, but I don't remember what time it was.
0: Okay. And you went with Becca and Kelsey? Mm-hmm um who drove
2: um well i know i drove
0: okay and which car did you take
2: i took my car which car is that that's the honda
0: all right and did you drive kelsey and Be- kelsey and becca with you
2: i can't remember
0: okay which goodwill did you go to i don't remember where did you drive
2: Well, there are about five Goodwills that are within close driving distance of our house.
0: Do you go to these often? Yes. Okay, do you do this with Kelsey and Becca often?
2: I have done it with them a fair bit, yes.
0: Okay, Um, did the three of you leave together at the same time? I don't remember. I want you to think about the night and tell me what happened.
2: I do not remember for sure.
0: Um, you don't know if you drove with them or without them? I do not know. And you don't remember where you went?
2: I remember I went to Goodwill. Which I don't Goodwill? remember which Goodwill.
0: Okay. Did you um, buy anything? They differ anything? only
2: in the way that they are laid out.
0: Did you buy anything?
2: I can't remember if that was the night that I bought anything or not. What? So, because I go often.
0: Okay. Um, what did you do after that? Went home. Alright, when you came out of your house after dinner to go to Goodwill, did you notice that all of the cars were there?
2: I didn't, know, I didn't pay attention.
0: Okay, so let's see, it's now got to be probably 7.30, I'm guessing, is that, is that about right?
2: I, again, I don't know, so I'm not going to uh, assent to a guest time.
0: I need you to help put together that night. So your wife has said dinner was about 5.30 and Madeline left about 5.30. Is that And you told the police that Madeline left about 5.30. So can we assume that that's accurate, given that you said it?
2: Uh, we can assume that that's the best knowledge I had at the time, yes. All
0: right, and that would have been the morning after, so it's probably pretty accurate. Then your wife has stated she did dinner.
1: So you can see the kind of detail that Billy was trying to extract in the deposition where people are sworn to tell the truth, even if they're not very excited about going through the process. Cassie was even less excited about the process when her elderly mother, Sharon, who lived with them at the time of the baby's disappearance, was also called into the Modern Law Office for a deposition. The Modern Law Office manager, Caitlin Lindahl, describes what that was like. Now, mind you, this was recorded by Caitlin to the Baby William Facebook page of Web Sleuths the day of the deposition, and it was it was definitely not Caitlin's usual day at the office. Uh,
4: uh, Cassie was like really upset about, about anybody being there or them being there. It was just kind of ridiculous, but um, but uh, you know, it, at one point. Um, Sharon I think that's her name uh she uh she was crying quite a bit uh from some type of a question that Billy had asked her in the deposition and and uh Cassie I could tell like she was getting ready to go like bust into the into the deposition I'd already told her like she can't go back in my part of the office like we had we had a lot of conversations and um and so I like you know backed up my chair and was just like no stop you can't go back there and like stood right in front of her and course, she yells at me about how she's gonna call the police and and I was like oh this is awesome. <laughs> I'm like no you can't call the police. She's like yes I can, Rob, stupid. And so uh and so you know I kind of went back and was like trying to give Billy a heads up that like she's about ready to burst into your deposition and and of course you know she's calling the police and I'm like ah oh, so dumb. And uh and so she called the police and and Mike uh Mr. Baker the, the attorney, he came out and told her to go to the conference room again. She just didn't want to do that. So um, so she called the cops, and she's telling the cops about how, um, how her mom is held in distress inside of this deposition, um, and she is being held against her will to try to— um, and and the attorney's screaming at her and her mom's notorious for heart attacks and and I'm refusing to let her to go in and it's just, it was just ridiculous. I was like, and so I literally, she's like telling the cop this and I'm just like, no, that's not true at all. I'm just like screaming. I'm pretty sure the cop or the 911 person probably heard it because I was just like, this is just... And so then, you know, she hangs up the phone with the cops. She's like, I'll call back if there's any more problems. And I was just like, Cassie, your, your mom is fine. She's in there. Billy's not yelling at her and she is getting upset, but like your attorney's in there. Nothing's going to happen to her. There's no way possible. She's like, this is the very first time he's even met her. And just, she just, wow. Um, the woman, first interaction, not my favorite.
1: Well, you could kind of tell that Cassie left a big impression on Caitlin, and the deposition recordings gave the web sleuths plenty to chew on, and even among the Jones family church supporters, you could you could feel a kind of shift moving away from Jake looking like the bad guy to something else entirely going on. In fact, that's what we'll hear about in the next episode when Andrea Gauchner, Jake's mom, and his aunt, Rachel Guernsey, talk about their own detective work in Rachel's Montana basement, as they pour over subpoenaed phone and bank records.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of modern law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.